what's going on? Los Angeles. What's up, Ramley? It is NFC or NFL, I should say, wild card weekend. Rams travel to Detroit to take on the Lions. This is the Rams skinny. We are excited to get all into it. Joining me, as always, my great co-host. I didn't come up with any great uh, fodder names to shout out, unfortunately. I uh, said I was going to do that and I uh, got sidetracked into not. So I'll just go with the great skinny T. What's up, brother? How you doing? Oh, I'm doing really good. Playoff football upon us. Great time of year. We're, we, we're kind of finalizing our plans for uh, Super Bowl Radio Row, which is exciting uh, for all you listeners out there. Uh, keep keep uh, keep listening as uh, we'll be in uh, Las Vegas covering this, uh, whoever ends up in this uh, Super Bowl. And and uh, and maybe it's going to be the Rams, the you Rams. know, uh, the the great Ryan Dirude, uh, you know, he he predicted that the, the Rams would win nine games this season. Ten games is what they ended up with. And now he's predicting a Super Bowl. So, you know, this is a, he's got pretty good authority at this point. How you doing, yeah. Ryan? I'm good. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thanks for the shout out. Yeah. Um, yeah exciting time uh, for Los Angeles. And what a game we get to preview uh, with the matchup. Goff and Stafford, McVeigh versus Goff, I guess, again. I mean, it's kind of just a, a, a superlatives of comparisons for this one. And Detroit hosting, uh, and they haven't won a playoff game in 32 years. They won the NFC North for the first time ever, thanks to con- or thanks to division realignment and their first division title, I believe, since 93. So somewhat of a, not somewhat, a very historic season for this Detroit Lions team. It's just a shame it's got to all come to an end on Sunday evening um, when Matthew Stafford comes back to town. So we can't wait to get into it. We're going to jump right in. But first, as always, shout out to our friends at Underdog Fantasy. Head to underdogfantasy.com or use the Underdog Fantasy app. Go make your first deposit. Use our promo code RAMSLAFB. That's all one word. RAMSLAFB gets you a welcome bonus deposit up to $100. Whatever you put in between 10 and 100 bucks, they match it for free. Then when you're in there, pick two to five players. You can go across any sport. I mean, if you want to do this Rams-Lions game, I mean, maybe we'll do a, I'll do a little teaser, uh, not during the show, but I'll do something out on LAFBnetwork.com or if you go to our uh, Rams-LAFB social channels, I'll put up a, a Rams-Lions underdog fantasy bet of, of which players I'm taking. So be on the lookout for that. But underdog fantasy, Rams-LAFB is the promo code. Tell them the guys from the Rams, Skinny sent you. Should be a good one. Probably a cold one in Detroit, but don't matter because they're in the dome at Ford Field. Uh, how excited are you for this game, Skinny T? Let's start with that. Just this the levels of excitement before we get into the nitty-gritty. I mean, uh, on a scale of uh, 10, 1 to 10, 10 being the high, I am uh, I'm I'm an 11 for this game. I think this is, this is this is a fascinating matchup. I think you know, looking at it on paper, it's really hard to figure out who has the advantage. We'll hash all, you know, our matchups and 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 all that, and who who actually we think will come out as the winner of this one. But just looking at it right now, I've talked myself in and out of the Rams winning this game uh, 10, 15 times today. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, it's a you know, it's the great thing about this sport. Uh, sports in general is a, it's not decided until uh, the day happens, you know? So uh, I think that, you know, in terms of just an excitement level as a football fan, as a Rams uh, watcher, 
this is this is gonna be fascinating you know i i wrote an article earlier calling this the the spider-man meme of all the games that have been played uh you know you know you got stafford and goff mcveigh and 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 the ties that bind but you also got brad holmes over there building this uh detroit lions team uh in in the image of uh his his former employers the los angeles Rams, and you know it's showing you know you can you, you look at their draft classes you look at uh you know how this offense is developed and you look at their coordinators and how smart they are and you know dan dan campbell you know goes from kind of a laughing stock to you know you got to reckon with this guy he's a good coach you know yeah. so it's it's fascinating on all levels and that's the kind of thing that just uh gets that that gets me going yeah i love i mean i love this lions team i love dan campbell uh, one of my favorite coaches uh, his coordinators, obviously, both getting a bunch of interviews uh, for head coaching jobs. Ben Johnson on the offensive side, Aaron Glenn on the defensive side. And you you hit the nail on the head, kind of alluding to it, you know, with Brad Holmes being their GM, has really kind of built this this Detroit team in the image of what Les Snead, Sean McVay, and the Rams have done in that you get a, a great leader as your head coach uh, in Dan Campbell. I'm not, Dan Campbell and McVay, I think, are, are – different for sure but a lot the same in ways that they're great player coaches um they're great you know inspiring um motivational speakers if you will they're both very fit we've seen mcveigh doing push-ups at training camp we've seen dan campbell doing push-ups and up downs with his team at training camp um and then the way that they've developed coaches mcveigh i think is one of the best in the business him and kyle shanahan probably in terms of developing assistant coaches dan campbell it seemed like started slow right when he you know First hired, he hired um, um, Anthony Lynn as his OC, ended up basically demoting him midway through the season, taking over the reins, and then you know moving on from him. But had Ben Johnson on his staff, promotes him, he does well. Aaron Glenn started off slow as the DC and has really turned things around. And they're not, I'm not saying they're a juggernaut defense, but definitely obviously has done a good job there, and hence why he's getting head coaching jo- uh, coaching interviews. So it seems like they've they've built a development system of developing these these coaches that fit within what they do obviously we'll probably talk about it in a minute here but Aubrey Pleasant was taken from the Rams to join the Lions ended up leaving the Lions now back with the Rams so you know there's been some different turnover there but it definitely is a team that feels like they've built it a little bit in the image of kind of what the Rams try to do and and the last thing I'll say too is even when you look at how they draft and you kind of alluded to it a lot of their draft picks you know at the time Everyone's like, wait, what are they doing? Like head scratching, like don't understand it. And then you see how they fit within their their system and their culture. And they seem to so far have been very, very overall good picks. So the Rams do that a lot where everyone, you know, they haven't had a first round pick, but even some of their mid and, and early picks, uh, you know, most notably probably Tutu Atwell, but are kind of like seen of the the head scratching variety. And and obviously they they've hit on a lot of those and specifically this year. So very similar in these teams and excited to cannot wait to watch them play. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, you know, you look back at, you know, just kind of trying to figure out who's got the edge on this one. You look back, look back at the Detroit Lions schedule and who they've beat and, and, you know, kind of the, their wins over this season. They've really only had one impressive win. If you really think about it now, you can say that they beat the Cowboys. Uh, and I would say that they did, but uh, <laughs> it's still an L it's still an L on the, on the final uh, score sheet there, but you got to go all the way back to week one to see an impressive victory where they beat the Kansas city chiefs by one point, Mm -hmm. Kansas city chiefs didn't have their, uh, 
their their best defensive player on the field as they are still in uh, contract negotiations with uh, Chris Jones at that point. Um, you know, you know, a win is a win at that point, and 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 maybe Kansas City isn't the impressive team that they once were. But if you go through that, if you go through that schedule, I'm not I'm not entirely sure that you know have we have we found out if if this team is just a mirage or if they're as good as. As, as slated but then you look on the other side you look at this winning streak that the rams have you know i think the browns are the most impre- impressive team that they beat now they went yeah. toe-to-toe they went toe-to-toe with the ravens um forced them into overtime a short-lived overtime a depressing overtime but you know um you know it, you know we're gonna find out who's who's uh who's actually the playoff team uh you know come sunday so uh, it, I'm I'm still perplexed. I'm still fascinated, uh, I, and you know, you know, we we can talk about it more. <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm still- no. It's it's a great right. point because I think both these teams you can have similar arguments. Like when you look at the Rams, you know, their losses, you know, losing to the Eagles, Steelers, Cowboys, and Packers, who are all in the playoffs, and you know, Packers we can probably throw out because no Stafford and no Kyron Williams in that one. Um, they were just shorthanded and and really, you know, never got their footing. Steelers, you know, the unfortunate ending with the with the refs there, but the defense did let them get back in it when it seemed like it was out of reach and kind of let the, you know, Kenny Pickett and, and crew kind of crawl back in and, and come back and obviously win that game. Same with the Eagles. It's like the offense could never really get it going, specifically in the second half. And in that cowboy game, that was just that was their one like blowout loss. So uh, similar, like you're saying to the Lions, where you know what, how good are each of these playoff teams, and how much can we surmise from the regular season? Now, the difference, which is kind of what you alluded to, is all of those Rams L's to those playoff teams came before they went on this this run that they've been on, and you know what is it? Eight of their last nine, they they've won. Um, to in the regular season and that one loss was to Baltimore in Baltimore in overtime in a game that they probably could have and should have won um, if not for you know the the game tying touchdown drive at the very end there so I think the Rams are the hotter team the Lions are a team that had had a very good season not taking anything away from them but yeah they're the pedigree of those wins is not quite as great they come in to the playoffs with you know limping in a little bit with Laporta, who's going to give it a go. Sam Laporta, the great rookie tight end, but uh, injured in that final game. He has practiced so far this week. Will he play? Will he not? If he does, he's not going to be a hundred percent. So the, the trending team to me right now is definitely the Rams, not the lions. Yeah. And it's hard to deny what the, what the offense has been doing, regardless of who they've been playing, they've been uh, putting up points. You know, they put up 31 against Baltimore. That's, that's impressive. They put up a good amount of points against the the Browns. Very good defense as well, regardless mm-hmm. of if you want to talk about Joe Flacco and, and, you know, their offense hasn't been great. You know, they've been able to get into the playoffs, but you know, uh, you know, a good defense, uh, regardless of what you want to say about what, what they got offensively, um, you know, and, I, I think both teams have been impressive in that way. And you think you, you talk about a guy like Laporta and, and if they miss, if they go in without him, uh, you know, when you're a rookie uh, and you have that kind of production, you're getting some help. But the thing that you can't fake uh, when it comes to uh, a tight end position, is his ability to block. 
and he's just mm-hmm. been a huge addition to to the to the Lions offense that if if he's not able to go in terms of receiving production that's that's terrible but also just uh protect, protection for for Jared Goff so um i think you know that's you know that that would be a huge loss uh for for this offense uh, in the in the Detroit Lions offense so um you know i think you know if you know they come in and they're so evenly matched you look at epa per play you look at dvoa you look at weighted dvoa these offenses you know i think you're i think you're right that the rams are coming in as as the hotter team but you can't you can't take anything away uh from what the 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 lions have been doing on offense uh and you know it'll be interesting to see uh nick you know it's when when it when it's a confusing confusing and tough matchup for me to ha- hash out, I, I simplify. I bring it back and I go, "Who's the coach? Who's the quarterback?" And I think that's if you look at those two things, you know that that, that leans me towards McVeigh and, and Stafford. Stafford is much more unflappable. He's going to throw some inter- interceptions occasionally, mm-hmm. but you know, you know, it's it the the deciding factor may come down to who's whose mind gets more focused for this matchup, you know, does Stafford come in, get a little bit you know, teary eyed for the good old days of, you know, is his drafting team or, or does, uh, you know, does, does Goff use this, the, the, the rage of a thousand sons to get back <laughs> at, at, at uh, Sean McVay, who's, who's more focused at that position. Um, you know, I, I'm just going to lean, I'm going to lean Stafford and McVay in that kind of, uh, that kind of realm. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a great, question and point and and there's two i think factors in that and one is since he's been a ram you know I'm, there's definitely instances of when he was a lion as well but stafford since he's been a ram has played his best games in the biggest moments in the biggest games i mean obviously you know four and oh in the playoffs thus far can he make it five and oh on that super bowl run um in games they had to get it done down the stretch got it done Jared Goff, as much as I like Jared Goff, respect him, think he is a really good quarterback, we've seen him kind of fall to the pressure in big moments. You know, obviously, most notably the 2018 Super Bowl, you know, putting up three points against uh, the New England Patriots. Uh, Shout out Bill Belichick, uh, no longer the head coach there. Um, We've seen him do it other instances, regular season, the the Chiefs-Rams game, one of the greatest regular season games of all time. But I think overall, when you look just tick for tap, Stafford's more of a big game quarterback so far, or he's done it a long time, than Goff has been so far. So check that side for Stafford. The other side of it is McVay and maybe not necessarily the defensive staff. However, Coach Henderson's been here a long time on the defensive line. Like I said, Aubrey Pleasant was with the Rams, went to the Lions back with the Rams. So they do definitely have guys on defensive staff that know the ins and outs of Jared Goff. I, mean, I don't think anyone probably still to this day, his wife, Dan Campbell, Ben Johnson, probably knows Jared Goff in terms of the way he plays football than McVay. Because McVay, remember, everyone knows it. It was the big thing. Everyone knew it. Everyone knew it. It was the big thing about, you know, talking to him in his in his head. And then when it got cut off for those 15 seconds. And so there's been stories. One came out just recently um, about the um, McCourty, Jason McCourty, New England Patriots corner was on a podcast just the other day talking about how the way they shut down the Rams offense is they knew that what the Rams did that season was 
they Rams would run up to line of scrimmage really quickly because you had them till 15 seconds till the things got cut off. They would look at the defensive front and the McVay would basically either change the play or, or kind of coach Goff on what needed to happen for the play to be successful. And so the way they countered that is all different, you know, different packages that they were doing disguises and stuff that once the thing cut off, they would totally shift their defense. And then Jared Goff wasn't able to himself dissect what the defense was doing without McVay in the, in the headphones. So, you know, that was five years ago. I think Goff's probably gotten better at that since then. He's matured as a quarterback and had gotten better, but McVay knows those tendencies and that when you look at the other side, Stafford was there for 13 years. I don't think a single person on that staff or maybe even that team anymore was there when he was there. Maybe I'm trying to think, I'm sure there was a few players that were there, but certainly not the staff. I mean, they brought in a whole new coaching staff, whole new regime with Brad Holmes. So in reality, yeah, Matthew Stafford is a Detroit Lion legend there for 13 years, beloved by the city. But this current iteration of the Detroit Lions doesn't know Matthew Stafford from Aaron Rodgers, from any other quarterback in the league, uh, maybe even less because they've never played him. And so check that one as well for Stafford and McVay. So uh, I want to get into more matchups, but I think it's a great point you bring up because you look at just the big game ability and the knowledge that the Rams side have against this Lions and Jared Goff, and it sways heavily into the Rams' favor. Yeah, that's the, that's a great point. So, you know, we'll just jump into another matchup here that that has me kind of uh, my head in a blender is, you know, hey, who's cool. got the edge Who's got the edge in the running game? Both both teams have effective running, running attacks. Jameer Gibbs has been another rookie uh, yeah. for the Detroit Lions that have, has had a, a great rookie season. Um, they got David Montgomery, so they got a one-two kind of punch. They got the thunder and lightning, if you want to call it that, mm-hmm. you know. And then you got then you got uh, Kyron Williams. So where, where's your head there? Uh, who who do you think has the edge? Who, whose box are you going to check on that side? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm curious to hear your thoughts, but this, this this is where the gamesmanship and how Ben Johnson calls this game for the Lions, I think, will be fascinating because as it is throughout the regular season. Uh, they they passed the ball roughly 50% of the 57% of the time and ran it only 42%. When you play this Rams team, you know, the secondary is probably we would all agree is probably where their their weakness is. So you would think they're going to lean into passing the ball more, but because of everything I just said of McVeigh knowing Goff so well, I think Raheem Morris is going to really dial up a lot of good blitz packages and good disguises to confuse Goff and bring pressure because that's how you, that's how you rattle Goff is bringing the pressure. And so it should be that like um, that double negative, if you will, where the lions should actually run the ball more in this one, even though the Rams secondary, I think is weaker. And when you have that two headed monster and you're able to utilize Jamar uh, Gibbs out of the backfield in the passing game, and then also have your kind of hammer with David Montgomery, um, you should be able to be effective. Now the Rams, you know, front seven has been very, very good this year. And most notably Aaron Donald and Kobe Turner, and slowing that down, flip it over. And, you know, Kyron Williams obviously has had a phenomenal season. Um, we talked about him. I don't even want to say it nauseum because it's fun. I mean, he's a great, great player. We're excited about what he's done. Um, but I'm curious how much McVeigh will lean into him in the running game versus leaning on Stafford in his arm and passing, which is typically what he does. But we've seen Kyron Williams hit that 20, 20 plus carry threshold you know, down the stretch, I think almost every single game minus obviously the Niners he didn't play. So 
it's it's close to me. I'll make a decision after hearing your argument, but it's close. The last thing I'll say is PFF just came out with their final regular season offensive line rankings. So obviously that goes into pass protection, also goes into the run game. Lions, they came in at number two overall. The Rams, I found this very disrespectful, came in 14th. So when you look at that, you probably lean more towards the Ram- or towards the Lions because of what the big bodies, the big fellas up front can give you. But I think that that I don't think it's that big of a gap, the Lions offensive line and the Rams offensive line. So as you give your argument, you can lean into that as well. And I will just say, unfortunately for you on radio, we are up against it. We got to take a quick break. We will be back at the bottom of the hour with some Chargers talk, draft, GM, coaching, search, all that. If you want to hear the rest of our Rams-Lions preview, make sure to head over to LAFBnetwork.com, Rams, LAFB YouTube channel, or just search Rams Skinny wherever you get your podcasts. So everyone on radio, thanks so much. Enjoy the game. Go Rams. But now I'll toss it over to you, Skinny, for your argument. Well, you know, I think this game will be decided on the side that runs the ball more effectively and more often. And here's the thing. Here's what will kind of decide uh, for the Rams to give the Rams the advantage. This is this is the secret sauce to beating the the Lions from the run game perspective is you got to get them out of nickel and into base. You got to get them trying to stack that box because when they get down to that base defense, they're the 30th ranked defense in the league. Mm. So, and how you do that is you you run the ball down their throats and you you stay physical and you get physical. Now we've seen McVeigh and his tendency to lean on the pass, try to put the pedal to the metal, try to score points really quickly, try to get up on a team, which is an effective way to do it. Um, But I think a, a slow, methodical, just, you know, ground and pound, uh, you know, picking up four yards, uh, let that 14th ranked uh, offensive line do what they uh, do what they do best, which is pushing, pushing people around, get Steve Avila up there, uh, Kevin Dotson, just pushing people around. And that's, I think that's a, that's a road to success, but on the same, on the same token, you know, you look at Jameer Gibbs kind of getting around the edge at uh, poor Michael Hoyt over there. Uh, that that can be something that they have to watch, watch out for. So I think it's really going to come out. That's that's what's that's what it's really going to come down to is who can who can maintain their their defense um, the best. And you know we've we've you know if you look at if you want to compare uh, linebackers at the second level, you just given Ernest Jones the kind of the check mark there. He the advantage goes to the Rams on uh, on the second level. So um, you know J- Jameer Gibbs is going to is I think is going to be a huge part of this game um, so that, you know, the, the Rams defense, you know, he can, he's really effective, you know, going through, you know, you know, gap scheme right up the middle, but he can also get around the edge as well. He's got that, you know, negative sub uh, four, four speed. So, you know, again, I'm kind of, I'm torn on this one just because they do have those two. So, on the whole, I'm gonna I'm leaning Detroit Lions on this, but you know, as you're saying, 57 percent of the time they're gonna pass, mm-hmm. and that's you know that that's where the that's where the matchup gets a little bit a little bit more interesting. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm I'm so torn as well. I, I'll probably lean um, Lions as well, um, but it's close. Uh, you know, I, I think Kyron Williams is due for a big game, getting you know the extra rest. 
uh, not playing the Niners. And, and I think this offensive line is out to prove something that, you know, they were probably felt disrespected coming to the year, like kind of a castaway group. You have rookie and Steve Avila, you have Kevin Dotson who joins right early and, and Kevin Dotson has been absolutely fantastic. Just a pro bowl snub, but Coleman Shelton's played great at center. I mean, he remember it was Brian Allen. He's always Brian Allen's been the starting center for the last couple of years. Obviously he's been banged up a little bit, but Shelton played spottingly at guard and then came to the season as a starting center and he never relinquished it. And he's played well. And, you know, Rob Havenstein, the, the, uh, the uh, silver Fox of the group, if you will. And then, you know, Alaric Jackson has, has not been slouched at left tackle has played well um, for a spot that was definitely a concern with whether it was Joe Noboom or, or Larry Jackson or, or someone else. And I think he's played well. So yeah, I'll lean Detroit, but it, it's close. Um, so I guess we, we go one, one there in terms of down the line of, of comp. So, so this one I think will be interesting. And I, I think I know both of our answers when you look at the t- totality, but when you look at the passing game and the receivers specifically, but the passing game as a whole, you know, I won't say too much because I'll just toss you to get your answer, but Rams obviously with the dynamism of Cooper Cup, Puka Nakua, and then the depth with um, Demarcus Robinson and Tutu Atwell. And then Lions have some really good playmakers, but obviously headlined by Amon Ross St. Brown, another huge Pro Bowl snub, former USC Trojan fight on. Um, But, you know, just an absolute dude who is so hard to cover and the Rams are going to have their hands full with him. So, I won't even say my piece. I'll just go to you. Who has the advantage in the passing game? The Rams have the advantage in the passing game. They got the better quarterback, the more poised quarterback. They've got uh, our our rookie of the year, uh, Puka Nakua. Uh, Cooper mm-hmm. Cup, uh, he's he's bound to come alive. He, it's going to happen. He's going to yep. have a big game. Uh, this is this is his time to shine. This is when he shines the most. So, you know, that's... Uh, that's hard to beat, you know, uh, no disrespect to Amon Ra, uh, you know, Sam, La- you know, if Sam Laporta plays, you know, it, it kind of starts to even out a bit, but I think, you know, overwhelmingly those, those are the better receivers, uh, the, you know, uh, just more talented guys. Um, and, and they're just working really well together. They're really gelling right now. So I, I tick my box on the Ram side of that. What do you say? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's fairly easy. I, I take it for the Rams as well. Um, when you just look at the the firepower that they have at all levels, um, and obviously I would, you know, I would lean Stafford over Goff as we kind of talked about early on. Um, so well, you know what Pukunaku has done, Cooper Cup, even in like a down year, has still been really really good overall. Statistically, obviously, it looks down, but he, you know, didn't play five games or so and and whatnot. So, but he's still you know one of the best in the league, and you got to account for him. And Robinson obviously came alive and, and Tutu started hot and then we kind of disappeared. Like I wouldn't be shocked if Tutu has like a nice little game here and gets a playoff touchdown. Um, and then, you know, Tyler Higby has just been kind of at least a steady, steady uh, player for this offense. And what's tough about this Lions group, you know, without if Sam Laporta does not go, as you mentioned earlier, who's going to be that inline blocking tight end, but also he's so important and gets a ton of targets in the passing game because Amon Ross and Brown, I, he's going to get his. I mean, I'll just say right now, I think he probably has nine catches for over 100 yards in this game. Like, he's going to get his. He is one of the best receivers. He can do it all. He can do short, intermediate. He can beat you deep. He's got the speed. He's got the strength. Great route runner. Not going to drop anything. He's going to get his. But who's going to be the next one? Like, we haven't seen Jamison Williams pop off. I mean, Josh Reynolds, you know, great former Ram, but, you know, he's a wide receiver four probably. Um, so who's going to be that guy that truly – 
takes the load off of Amon Ross St. Brown, or if the Rams do double or put something on over the top on him is someone else that can make a difference. And I don't think they have that, especially with Laporta at where the Rams, you have four options I and mean, go any which way. And you've got, you got four guys that can really make something happen sometimes five. So uh, and then if you include Kyron Williams, I know obviously Jameer Gibbs is great out of the backfield, but yeah, I get definitely lean Rams. Check that two to one Rams lines. Who we got next skinny team. <laughs> well, let's flip it around to the other side. Let's uh, let's take a look at the defense. Uh, you know, uh, Let's talk pass rush first. Let's uh, let's talk the trenches. Uh, you know, you've got a, a scrappy young group up front, uh, but anchored by one of the best in the business, uh, Aaron Donald. Uh, you know, Detroit has one of the best offensive lines. Uh, this will be probably the best offensive line that they've faced. I'll say that the Rams mm-hmm. that the Rams are heading to, into this game playing against. Um, you know, the, the Lions defense. They've got one pass rusher. Aiden Hutchinson, and he's a heck of a guy, you know, 11, 11, 11 and a half sacks. Uh, but behind that, you know, you got to add up, you got to add up a few guys, uh, to get to his, his production totals, you know, and you think about, you know, heading, heading into last year's Super Bowl, I was saying all the, all the Eagles got to do is just stop Mahomes to Kelsey. That's all you got to do. But that's one of the most potent things you got going out there in the NFL. Uh, yeah. Aiden Hutchinson is is young, uh, but he's he's starting to prove himself as as one of the leading contenders out there. So you think about, um, you know, how do you stop him? Well, it, you know, that ends that ends up taking Tyler Higby out of the play, or that ends up taking Kyron Williams out of the play, do, yeah. offering some chip help, uh, and that can have a that can have a larger knock on effect uh, uh, to the whole game plan if if you take those guys out. Um, and, and, and in the blocking game. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm giving the edge to the lions because they, they have, uh, that one guy, um, and stopping that one guy is going to be a hard, hard day. And, you know, if you look at overall production, uh, the lions actually have the top, uh, the number one, uh, pass rush percentage per pro football reference out there. Uh, and, mm. and the line and the Rams are, are way towards the bottom on that. So the, you know, this is, this is another one of those things, a deciding factor. If, if, if they can't find a way to stop him, uh, Aiden Hutchinson, that is, you know, this is, this is going to be a long day. Luckily for the Rams, he lines up on the right hand side pretty much all the time. He's not one of the kind of guys that he's not a, he's not a Micah Parsons. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, it's close for me too, uh, Skinny. I mean, obviously, the greatness that is Aiden Hutchinson and and you know being able to slow him down uh, is definitely gonna be tough. And you know, you mentioned on the right side, you, you get that benefit then of Higby. I mean, Higby can land on either side, but you get the benefit of going against Havenstein, and then Higby can either chip him or or Kyron Williams being in Prospero, who's definitely improved. You you lose that unfortunately in the in the offensive game plan then. But as we talked about just earlier. You have so many good weapons at the receiver that, you know, that's obviously what you need to do to keep Stafford upright. Um, So that's going to be tough. I will, however, lean Rams. And here's why they don't have, and this is no disrespect to Aaron Donald, but they don't have like the true, just pure pass rusher like Aiden Hutchinson, Hutchinson, especially from the edge, but the type of pass rush they do have affects Jared Goff much more than even perhaps an edge. And that's that interior pressure between Aaron Donald and Kobe Turner. And when Goff can't step up in the pocket, I mean, that's when he's one of the below par QBs in the NFL. So if they're able to get that pressure, 
push the center of the line into Goff, regardless if they get him or not, he is not going to be accurate and not going to be effective because he's not, you know, he's not mobile enough to, to scramble out. And so if you get that pressure from the inside, whereas sometimes even the outside pressure, if it funnels him in, he can still step up and make those throws. So because where their strengths lie in the pass rush, albeit not as dominant as some of the other teams, specifically in Aiden Hutchinson, it's enough to where I think it frustrates Goff. And obviously Raheem Morris is going to dial up some stuff, I think, that are going to you know throw some different things at him. But just because of what those two players do, I will lean Rams on that one. Oh, that's such a good point. Man, I wish I would have thought of that. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. You know, it's, no, it's good. I mean, uh, yeah, it's fa- like I'm saying, it's a fantastic point. Um, yeah, I can absolutely see that that coming to pass. Uh, so, I mean, you're 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 leading uh, you're leading Rams pretty heavily. I'm I'm interested. So uh, let's hop over to the secondary and uh, what are your thoughts in terms of who has the edge uh, there? Yeah, again, not real dominant secondaries. I think you have some some good players, but they're not uh you know not a ton of experience as units. Overall, um, Rams have shown some good things. Jordan Fuller, do we know as of this recording? I know he's been day to day battling that injury. Have you heard anything more about his status? Uh, still not practiced on Thursday. We'll we'll know more tomorrow, I'm sure. Um, also, CJ Gar- Garner Johnson rejoining in Week 18, so they they have a little bit of boost for the Lions um, in their secondary. So, which that's big. I mean, that's probably one of their biggest secondary pieces able to do that, um, and so. It's, you know, I would, t- this, okay, and this, I don't know, this doesn't affect necessarily his unit per se, but I would, would have leaned probably Lions just because with Fuller banged up and with the inconsistency we've seen from Darion Kendrick, from Kobe uh, Durant, obviously, you know, John Johnson's been, you know, played fairly well and we've seen some great stuff from Russ Yeast and, and, um, Quentin Lake when he's played in and, and obviously Keller Witherspoon has been overall solid this year, but I think there might be a little bit more talent on that, that Lions side. However, and I'm going to just keep seeming like a Homer, but I'm not trying to, but hopefully my points at least make sense. I will actually lean Rams on this one because of Aubrey Pleasant. And it's not necessarily, again, Aubrey Pleasant is not the one running the offense to go against, but he might know some tendencies that the Lions have done. And yeah, he obviously changed things up since he was there, uh, you know, and and been with the Rams all season. But maybe he has a little bit of edge there, some more knowledge there again, knowing Jared Goff well and what Jared Goff's tendencies are. And so not only did he coach that that unit last year, but also knowing Goff, I think he'll be able to coach up his guys to kind of see those tendencies, see the route concepts that they're doing. So it kind of just goes back into just the Rams side having some knowledge on what the Lions may do, whereas the Lions having little to no knowledge of what the Rams will do. So kind of that chess match, if you will, knowing. So purely based on maybe talent and and productivity, I'd probably lean Lions, but because of the the known factors that maybe reside in that Rams coaching staff, I'll lean Rams actually. Okay. Yeah. I don't mind. I don't mind that at all. I mean, I think the addition of CJ Gardner Johnson is going to make a huge effect, although he's only, only played three games. So it's, you know, it's hard to say that he's, you know, working with Brian branch and and the, and the rest of that crew in in a gelled fashion, they're communicating really well or anything like that. I mean, it's, it's hard to just pop in there. He's obviously a, experienced guy a guy that had uh, plenty of playing time in the playoffs with the uh, eagles and if jordan fuller misses 
uh, misses the game. I mean, that's that's a huge loss. I mean, he wore the green dot when he was young and as a rookie, and he's mm-hmm. been a part of the offense ever since when he's been healthy. Um, and uh, you know, unfortunately, second second playoffs that he's heading heading into uh, kind of dinged up. So that's yeah. You know, but, um, you know, it's hard to leave. I'm going to push on this one if I can, <laughs> just because Fair. both both have kind of flashed and both have gotten beaten. Um, uh, and 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 Goff isn't necessarily that kind of quarterback that's going to stretch you vertically uh, all game long uh, that maybe a, a Joe Flacco could or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, unfortunately, I'm going to push on that one. So you know, then we got the then we got the big the big uh, the big oh, mop ball out there. We've got the uh, the big hanging uh, Chad, the 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 special teams. Mm. <laughs> can you can you be a full homer and pick the uh, the Rams special teams? I don't the think there's any teams? any credible way in the world I can make some argument for the Rams special teams. So All right. we won't even we don't even spend a lot of time on it. This this leans pretty heavily to the Lions. And if it if it comes down to the kicking game, uh, I don't feel good about the Rams winning this game. They're going to need some some more out of their offense to ensure that it is not going to come down to a kick, uh, because if that's the case, then the Lions are winning this game and moving on to the divisional round. Yeah, you know, I, it, you know, and it goes to the, the this kind of other question, which is, you know, who's going to be the more aggressive coach? Now Dan Campbell, you know, comes into this game with the reputation of being a, uh, an aggressive coach, going for going for two on the on the very last play of that uh, uh, Cowboys game, which you know didn't go in his favor because of the refs. But you got mm-hmm. McVeigh also going for two at the very end of that uh, 49ers game. Uh, but he doesn't come into into this game with the kind of reputation that Dan Campbell has. And you know, you think about games that come down to things like trick plays or picking up that fourth down uh, or, you know, ensuring that, you know, you get a touchdown rather than a field goal in the red zone, you know, what, what are your thoughts, you know, on those kind of, you know, kind of peripheral things, those intangible things, maybe the, that kind of uh, idea is there, is this game going to be close enough where those, what those kind of things are going to matter? No, I think absolutely. And you look at the two kickers, Brett Maher comes to this game. I thought it was actually worse. It felt worse, but 17 of 23 in field goals, 13 of 15 in extra points. Riley Patterson is is 16 of 18 field goals, which shows the aggression not settling for field goals there as he's taken less than Maher. And Maher was off this team for quite some weeks uh, <laughs> and 41 of 44 extra points. So missed three extra points. So, I mean, it's not even like it's it's he's a dominant force compared to Maher. But I think that's that will go into the thought process for Sean McVay. I think we know who Dan Campbell is. We know his style. He's going to be aggressive. They're not. I mean, his kicker has 18 attempts the entire year. And Maher didn't play. Wasn't with the Rams. Was it three weeks or four weeks that have Rizik was here? That sounds yeah, something like that. Yeah. And he has and he has five more attempts than than what uh you know part of that also is red zone offense that the, you know the Rams have had their struggles with red zone offense, but part of that is Dan Campbell's aggression. Um, and, and not settling for field goals and going forward and, and, you know, punching it in and seeing the field as, as four down territory at all times. So if you're McVeigh, you kind of have to have that, you, you know, that Campbell's going to do it. So, you know, that field goals aren't going to get it done for you. Plus, you know, that your field goal kicker is shaky at best. So we might see skinny T this might be the most aggressive game we ever see Sean McVay call, because in my opinion, 
he's one of the more conservative coaches in the NFL. You know, I don't think that gets talked about a lot, but he's pretty conservative most of the time. I don't know the numbers offhand. Maybe you can tell me or I'll look it up while you're talking, but, um, and I'm not saying he's completely conservative. He's not the most, but he leans more on the conservative side than the aggressive side, like a Dan Campbell or like a Brandon Staley or like some of these other coaches that are known for that. So this game might be the changing of the guard in that where he's going to have to be aggressive because of the shaky kicker and because of the opposition that will be aggressive and needing to kind of play keep up in that touchdown game. But what do you think? What if Carson Wentz comes in on fourth and short it does the 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 Los Angeles Rams tush push version, uh, you know, because that's what the, that's how they used him in against the 49ers. And uh, McVay was much more aggressive, went for touchdowns, went went for two uh, on fourth downs. You know, you know, I like that idea. I think, you know, it hasn't really been it's not on tape a lot. You know, they might not be ex- expecting it. Um, and then going back to special teams. Is there going to be a, a fake punt? Is there going to be, a, you know, anything like that coming from McVay, which we used to see with uh, Hecker when he was here? Obviously, I don't know. I don't know Mars uh, throwing ability, but, uh, you know, I think that, you know, I, I, I don't I don't know the numbers. I'm, I'm just talking anecdotally. But, you know, always, you know, they, they put together this this uh, chef's kiss drive, first drive of the game, and then they get down there, can't get it into the end zone. And they settle for a field goal there. Mm-hmm. And I, I that just it just. It burns me up. I, I cannot stand. I I cannot stand for that. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. I, I I think we saw some of some aggressiveness from McVeigh last week. I don't know if it was complete mirage, uh, you know, uh, you, you know. But you know, if if a if a bad kicker is forcing him to be a a more aggressive coach, uh, I'm I'm here for it. So, I don't know, yeah. did, did you were you able to find any uh, uh aggressiveness numbers or stats or anything? Yeah, so at least in, in fourth down attempts, I know there's like aggressiveness percentages and stuff out there, but just in fourth down attempts, excuse me, the Lions are second. Um, the Panthers were first, but I guess they had nothing to play for for most seasons, so why not? Um, the Lions were second with 40 fourth down attempts. The Rams were in the bottom third with 21 attempts, so almost half. The Saints were the least aggressive with 19. So only two less than the Rams at 21. So definitely one of the more conservative teams, conservative coaches. Um, when you look at half the attempts of the lions and we'll see what that looks like this game. I mean, so, okay, let's do it. This then over under to end the episode. And then we'll give our, our prediction over under. Do I want to go full game or just Rams. Let's just, well, okay. Full game over under four. Or I guess we'll say 3.5 fourth down attempts for both teams over under. For the entire game? For the entire game. I'm going to go over. So over. So now let's go over under. This is brought to you by our friends at BetOnline. Head to BetOnline. Use promo code BELIEVE for a 50% welcome bonus. Over under for the Rams. We'll set it at 1.5 for the game. (laughs) I like this. This is juicy. I'm going to go under. Under. Under two. Yeah, under two. So, but if he gets that one in the red zone, that might be all they need. So we'll see. Yeah, I'm gonna go. Do. I'm gonna go, go over for both. Uh, I think we uh, see the Lions probably go for it three times. I think we see the Rams go for it at least. I think they go twice. I think they he realizes the necessity in this game and this matchup, particularly if you're playing a different team. If you're playing, you know, say the Cowboys, uh, who you know are are towards more the they had 23 attempts, only two more than the Rams. If you're playing, um, you know, an Eagles maybe or one of these or Eagles is a bad example because they have the, the 
damn tush push. But um, if they're fourth and more than three, maybe they don't go as much. But uh, if you're playing one like that, maybe you play conservative. But against the Lions, I think you gotta you gotta go to your bag. And so we'll see two plus fourth down attempts for Sean McVay. Uh, two two last stats here just to share red zone uh, defense uh, for the Rams ninth ninth best by EPA uh, in the league nineteenth uh, place for the Lions so no reason not to go for it on fourth you know you okay. got a you got a bad defense and you know once again tip of the cap to uh, Raheem Morris uh, red zone is where you got to shut him down bend but don't break you know get get three. Is, Three's always three's always better than seven on defense. Yeah, I love it. I mean, the Rams though you're gonna you're gonna be playing four down defense in the red zone. Just know that because they're gonna be going. So, so get ready to stop them four times to make it happen. All right, Skinny T, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say, uh, if 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 Dan Campbell scores a touchdown on his first drive, is he going for two? Is he going for eight oh, points oh. instead of seven there? <laughs> oh, I think he'll wait. I don't think he'll do it on the first drive, but wouldn't shock me. That that'd be a that's a fun prop bet probably. Yeah, I like that. And does he, and does the two point conversion involve an offensive lineman catching it? <laughs> oh man, <laughs> I love that they did that last week again. They're just like, screw it, we're doing it again. Oh, they did. I did not see not that. A, not on a two point conversion, but just an actual like like a fourth down attempt. It wasn't Decker. Uh, it was one of their other offensive linemen, but they they did it again. Just to like, look, we checked in with you, ref. So, <laughs> prediction time. Who are you taking? What's your score? Over under is at 51, which feels so low to me when we just talked about both these defenses ranked like in the around the 20 range and both offenses are ranked in the in the tops. So but that being said, who you got and why and what score? All right. It's the race to 30 points. That's that's what I'm going to say. It's going to be a close game. Uh, I, I think that the Rams get out early. Uh, Detroit battles back, though. They, they never say die. They keep it close. I'm going to say. I'm going to say, uh, you know, flip-flopped over and over again. The suspense is over, though. I got to pick. I got to lock it in. <laughs> uh, hey, okay, I'm going to do the same one as I did for the for the 49ers. 31-30. 31-30 Rams? 31-30 Rams, yep. Okay. Whew, one point. That sounds like it's coming down to either a missed two-point or a missed kick if it's 31-30. <laughs> um, love it. I... Because of everything we said, you know, obviously in doing the the check down, I heavily favored the Rams in terms of matchup. It takes more than just individual matchups or position specific matchups to win a game. It's a full team game, but I just think the heavy lean of Stafford over Goff and McVeigh's knowledge of Goff and that that offense, I think, will you know, it's a little different, but you know, it's it's still Goff running at the McVeigh knows, like I said, probably better than you know his wife knows him and and teammates know him. So I will lean Rams as well. It's going to, for me, it's going to come down to who had a key fourth down conversion or who had a key fourth down stop. And I think the Rams are less aggressive in terms of amounts tried, but they do a critical job in either a stop or a conversion to get it done. So I will go, 34 27 Rams win. Like it. All right. What'll be You're a, a lot more, com- I, a lot lot more, more confident, confident than I am. Sorry. <laughs> Still one possession. Um, but I think they get it done. My I just to throw it out there, just in case I'm right, I threw out my Super Bowl prediction when the when the matchups were first announced. 
and I took Rams Browns in the Super Bowl in Vegas. We'll be on Radio Row with the Los Angeles Rams playing Joe Flacco, elite Joe Flacco, and the Browns at the Warlord uh, Death Star in Vegas. <laughs> I, I love it. I love it. A bold move. You're probably among, I don't know, very high one percentile version of people that picked the Rams to win nine games this season. Uh, you know, so, yeah. you know, you let's keep it rolling. Bet uh, online, friends, pick the over. There was a graphic, I, I can't remember which outlet did it, but it only gave the Rams a 1% chance of, of going to the Super Bowl. So I'm like, let's, let's bet against that. Those odds are in our favor, right? Like so it. with that, a little bit longer, but hey, this is a big game, big matchup, a lot of fun. Sunday night, we cannot wait. We'll have all your coverage for it uh, throughout the weekend on LAFBnetwork.com. Make sure to head there. Uh, if you want to hit us up on Twitter, RL Anderson LAFB is where you can find Skinny T. Ryan Dirut LAFB is where you can find me or the main channels, Rams underscore LAFB for only Rams or LAFB Network for the main account. If you're not on YouTube, make sure to head to Rams LAFB and hit that like and subscribe button. If you're on there and you haven't done that already, please do it. Give us a huge favor. We've loved seeing the growth. Want to keep it going. You can find everything, like I said, on LAFBnetwork.com or on podcast platforms. Just search Rams Skinny. For Skinny T, I'm Ryan Darrett. Everyone be well. Enjoy the game. Hopefully we'll see a bunch of you out perusing around at watch parties as we'll be making our attempt as well. Everyone be well. Stay blessed. Talk to you all next week.